Thanks for joining me. I've got a very fitting podcast this week. Bruce Parry is on the show. I thought I'd put this one out there. Shout out to the people that I spent the time with at Primal Gathering. I feel like I'm putting it out for you guys because it continues the conversation. Primal Gathering, I spent 10 days at this event. It was kind of emerging between a retreat and a festival where we connected with the land at 42 Acres, a retreat centre, which I will be back at in June hosting Tony Riddle's 100 Human Experience and essentially the event is all about bringing people together to connect with the land, connect with the soil, connect with regeneration and learn practices within a community that support each other and take responsibility and lead themselves and empower each other within the community to actually talk about social economic issues and discuss important topics of how we take ownership and control of our own individual lives but also the wider communities that we inhabit outside of an event like this it was powerful it was super powerful to be a part of it was an experiment it was the first time they've done anything like this but credit to the organizers nicole and the team they did uh, a great job at facilitating this for the first time so much goes into these events i know being a part of some and it takes a lot of time and effort and money so i just want to shout out to prama gathering i'm going to put a link in the description and yeah this conversation definitely continues the discussion around how we can create a new way how we can learn old ways of living bruce parry talks about these egalitarian communities and it's so fascinating because he you can feel it within him that he's found something that's really worth considering really worth looking at i feel like i've known this for for a long time i've talked about it in many of the podcasts but the way in which we are told the human story is mainly by corporations that humans don't tell the story anymore it's generally corporations that tell us what it means to be human it means everything it it means there's so many possibilities but it it's not finite it's not it's not definite there's no one way and there are definitely creative ways we can start to organize ourselves and our communities and take inspiration and wisdom from these indigenous communities and people of the world that are living in a way that is in more in harmony more in accordance with the land and actually have systems in place that bring down power in a in a beautiful way so bruce talks about this at length i would love to know your questions on this anything you disagree with anything that doesn't sit well with you or changes your beliefs around certain things reach out to me interact with us the best place to do that is over on youtube interact with us in the comments section on youtube and if you're over there please subscribe it helps me grow the podcast really trying to push to get a thousand subscribers on youtube so i can do lots more with it another thing to mention is that in two weeks time i have a men's weekend it's the first one of the year i am looking for one more person one more man that is ready to step forward into that fire, to stare at the parts of themselves that they want to work on, they want to develop, and they want to get clearer on aspects of themselves that we all have that we can improve and we can only do that in the support of others. We have to stop thinking we have to do this alone. I see so many men, including myself, trying to do things alone, and it's not possible. It just isn't possible. We need the support, we need the accountability, we need the wisdom of the men. I read something in John Wineland's book the other day from the core that talked about four key nutrients of living a life 
to develop more sensitivity and accountability. One was time alone, one was in nature, one was time with other men, talking directly in, in depth, and the other one was presence in your relationship and support in the relationship. The fourth one's a big one. How can you hold the feminine as a man? How can you support that? I think with those four things, well, they're all in there already. They're all in the retreat. If this is something that you want to explore or you want to talk to me about, then jump on a call with me. The exchange is 350 and you'll be getting all organic meals. Everything's cared for, catered for. We have a chef, we have other facilitators. Beautiful opportunity for one more man to join me on this men's weekend. And finally, our sponsors, XL Coffee. Beautiful, beautiful brand and company. They've just started to crowdfund. So as of today, when this podcast is released, they have started to crowdfund. They have a target. I'll pop the link for that in the bio. So if you want to invest in a company that is doing amazing work and has beautiful values, then please click that link and just find out a bit more. All coffee is not created equal. Alex from Excel talks about this quite a lot. He has an amazing he has an amazing blog and a weekly newsletter that he puts out to his fans and talks about the science heavily in coffee. He's super passionate about it. And I've had the privilege to spend the time in his roastery in Brixton to see and get really immersed in what they do. And they do it in a way that feels good to me. It's uh, it's genuine and it's a beautiful mixture of love and care and coffee. To get £10 off your first purchase on a full flexible subscription, use the code CGP or click the link in the bio in the description of the podcast. That will take you straight to the website and it will automatically take £10 off your first purchase on a fully flexible subscription. There you go. No reason not to try this coffee. It's phenomenal. Enjoy the podcast with Bruce Parry. This podcast has its roots in understanding what it means to be human. And since going on that journey of like unlearning and trying to weave my way past all the conditioning and 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 when you feel like you've been wrong about certain key things about us as humans or about yourself you then start to question everything um and it's kind of the it's the fabric of our times in a way where we're looking around thinking okay well this doesn't make sense well we start to question things and the momentum is still going but a lot more people are questioning the direction we're going um and using technology it's obviously never been a better time to start diving into why and how and all these big questions um so the roots of the podcast were really like why um what makes us human but what what in a in a simple sense like what and since diving into that question i love the analogy like what primary state is h2o it really depends on so much environment temperature pressure like our environment does shape us and to be honest the human as you know we have the capacity for so much um and it is re- very dependent on our environment but there are a cu- however there are a few core things that are innate and we couldn't live without like love connection um we just couldn't make it past infancy without these things 
Um, and since doing a lot of research, like diving into books like Guns, Germs and Steel, and I don't know if you're familiar with Jared Diamond's work and um, Chris Ryan, like I grew up pretty much listening to Chris Ryan, um, Civilized to Death and, and Sex at Dawn and like trying to understand like where we've come from, looking through everything through the eyes of evolution uh, and got so curious about parts of the world which were untouched and and people of the world that were still living in a way um that we have been for you know hundreds of thousands of years um so that's that's kind of where our conversation starts really because i know you've you've delved into this quite heavily and uh and i just can't wait to see what comes up in the conversation really <laughs> nice one yeah well, me too man that's uh, basically that's the area that all that you described there is is also where i spend my time thinking and feeling as well as obviously having the privilege of experiencing that's uh, i guess yeah. my usp is having had the opportunity to live with so many different indigenous peoples around the world and visit so many different cultures that certain things have come into focus as a result of those experiences which i don't think i could have picked up from books no absolutely is there does it ever feel like a burden and how do you navigate that to like understand a, a real pure way and a and a, a glimpse into a world which is entirely possible and i feel like you know that the way um on mass that we're living just isn't really in accordance to the, you know a, alignment in, in a physical sense but also in a planetary sense and it, and it could be done in such a creatively different way does that ever feel like heavy for you to carry and how's that navigate navigated over the years yeah thanks man it's a nice question um yes yeah, sometimes it feels like I, I'd, I'd never called it a burden i'd often think of it as a responsibility um but then a responsibility is double-edged it's like you know it can be it can feel heavy at times but it's also it's an amazing reason to jump out of bed because you've got something to do and so that's kind of more how I see it. It's like it's given me a drive. It's given me uh, a sense of purpose that uh, I've got a part to play in this funny game of human human uh, design of how it is we're going to figure out how to go forwards. And and because I have such privilege in experiencing really really amazing harmonious ways of being. Um, and we'll come back to that in a second, no, no doubt. But because I, I really touched it, it's real for me. It's not just like some, some utopian dream. It's like, no, no, no. I, I can see and understand how we can exist together. I've also researched the tools. Um, and so I believe that some of this is transferable to today. And I've now, as a mess, I've got a responsibility to get the, these ideas out. Doesn't mean that they're going to be taken up, but, but if, if they're not known, then it, then they then there's no chance so that's my drive um and that feels feels good i mean it doesn't mean that i'm uh optimistic but but hope is different and hope is a reason to to move forwards and uh and i and i also think and you know i believe in us as a species i think we're capable of the most extraordinary positive mm. ways of being um, and we could actually create the most extraordinary heavenly space for us all. Um, but but we're not going in that direction at the moment, as you know. 
Uh, and yeah. and so for me, it's not about turning back the clock. It's not like I think we should all go and live like the Penan or the Benjeli and go back to being nomadic hunter-gatherers. That's not the answer. I think this journey we've been on of separation and all of these really difficult, complex problems that have come for us um, have also at the same time allowed us to invent and create extraordinary stuff and also understand so much. So I think that the merging of that technological ingenuity and and sort of like certain types of uh, knowledge can be mixed with a deeper wisdom of how we can live together and to create something that's even better than it ever was. So I'm I'm a believer mm-hmm. in moving forwards, but 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 we need to change direction <laughs> quite rapidly. Yeah. So one of the most inspiring things that came out of the last three, two, three years of, of the whole COVID and the pandemic and shutdowns was so much happened so quickly that it was like almost possible that we could change things in an instant and shift direction and focus on what was most important almost overnight. And regardless of, you know, what, what, why that was, it was still possible for us to create money in an instant and shift industry and stop things and prioritize other things. And it was like, well, wow, if we could do this in a, in a different way, um, it would be, uh, it would be pretty powerful. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think that you just have to look at how certain religions have spread in history very fast. It's like, you know, as the, what's the phrase? It's like nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And, and you look at, you look at how certain movements have grown and and they generally tend to always have something in there which is beneficial for the people. I mean, people move to Buddhism because they can escape from the caste system. As it's like that's there's something that, that resonates, even if they don't buy the whole thing and they can move into that. And I think that uh, we're waiting now. We're desperately ready for the next good idea. But I don't think it's going to be a centralized one. I think that that what we saw there, the rapid movement of central authority and, and central power, isn't going to be where this next movement comes from. I think that it, that, the, the, that they can't actually give us what we want. I think that they're too wrapped up in holding on to power that they that they can't think long-term and think for the real benefit of everyone. So I think that this idea has to be promulgated widely to the, the, the general populace. And it's not a revolution in the sense of a them and us. It's a sort of, like, it's a, a transformation of the wider society, which ultimately then dissolves the center. That would be the dream, um, but we've got to want it, you know, and right now most people aren't, living their lives with the type of what well, i don't know you but like you know it seems like you've been on a deep journey of really feeling into your impact on the planet and feeling into who you are as a human being and feeling into you know the future future generations and what's going to store for them but that's not what's happening with most people walking down the high street you know we're we're not in that space yet and so we've got a long way to go for that and we've got to do a lot of healing so you know it's, yes. it's quite possible it's not going to happen it doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Absolutely. How's your healing journey been? And when I did may, that I mean, begin? Like... Go. I was going to say, um, I was watching an interview uh, when you were talking about canna- cannibals and, and crampons, and you were saying it was like an ego trip. And 
that was more about kind of a vanity mission or oh, we could be the people that get to the top kind of thing and and it and it's like adolescence isn't it it's like before maturation i guess did that play into the the introspection and the and the growth when you look back on that um i mean it's an indication of where i was at very much so yeah it, i was uh, i came from a place that didn't really have um any kind of insight into how to look at oneself and take responsibility and go on an inner journey and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I came from a very religious family and and that had its own code, which was in its own way okay. Um, but uh, but um, no, I hadn't I hadn't even began to start to start really sort of like peeling back the layers and revealing what was beneath. So. Um, uh yeah i mean like that i i came i mean i was in the military i was like you know super sort of english boarding school christian military kind of institutionalized kid you know queen and country that was me and and uh and you used to salute every time the uh standard attention when the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. was on how did you get from that to <laughs> Yeah, but maybe, but that, that that you know a whole bunch of different steps. You can't ever put all of that in in one that one transition. But having amazing girlfriends who made me question the really gross stuff. It's like what's all this sort of nationalism nonsense? It's like why? Um, and then you know, and then plant medicines, meditation, the usual package. Moving to Ibiza, doing like every type of healing healing modality that there is. Um, giving up sex, drugs, and alcohol for a few years, um, all of it. Yeah, you know, just I dove in deep, you know, dove in deep, and uh, I got a little bit lost in that too, which you can, you know, um, sort of like dabbled with some philosophies and and traditions and beliefs that I that that gave me a great deal uh, and were very healing, but aren't where I'm at now. Um, so just finding my way through, really, like we all are. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah you mentioned me going quite on a deep journey i guess it's still it's still unraveling of course and but it's it's so imperative to what i believe is a life of one sustainability but also like from a personal point of view like health and longevity but also like what creates fulfillment and meaning in my life like making things sacred and you know being immersed in in the woods and and doing real simple things that we've done since the dawn of time like just gathering around a fire with a bunch of friends like it's these real simple um ancestral things that make life sacred sacred again and i can learn to listen and i can learn to remember my body feels like it just remembers what it feels like to be connected to to people to see people to it it just feels like the only thing I want to spend my time doing. And then that permeates into everything that I do, what I create. It's, it's, it's really, uh, like I'd love to know how you live living, you're living day to day and, and what your life's like, what, what's your, what your practice is now. And what does that, what does that look and feel mm. like? Well, I'm living in Wales and looking out the window at a few inches of snow. I'm in my overalls cause I'm painting. Um, <laughs> And 
I'm, you know, I'm at a slight crossroads. If I'm honest, I don't know if I'm staying here. I, I want to live in community. I want to live in a certain type of community. Uh, I'm negotiating that with various different groups as to whether that is something that comes about or not. Um, I, um, I, I try and live simply, but at the same time, um, I, I have a deep awareness of the fact that even me trying to live simply is having an incredible impact on the world. Um, and, and so I try to feel into that. I think that's my practice is to, 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 to try and balance the true feet, the feeling, not just the cognitive understanding, but actually feel into my impact on the planet while at the same time also not forgetting to enjoy and party and 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 uh celebrate you know the 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 blessings of of life and so holding both of those is 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 my practice um and in order to be able to feel then that means sort of being present and so my kind of i don't really i used to have quite a, a regular meditative practice but now i try and bring it into just general awareness during the day. I think foraging is my favorite form of uh, meditation these days. Um, and uh, to be really, to go on a walk, but also to be looking and to feel into what's around you rather than just whistling and looking at the horizon or whatever it is that we normally do and basically be in the abstract mode. But, but to actually come into my body and senses, which is... Um, what it's all about for me so so they're, they're my practices really um and uh yeah and I don't know I mean I th there's even talk of me going back to tv so that's a really complex moment for me it's like well I've been quite proud of the fact that I haven't flown for years and um and uh I've lived quite a simple life and then to go back into that sort of like high carbon excessive uh way of life which is of course amazing and enjoyable and, and a huge privilege but it's like it's a, it's a it's a it's a shift and um so i don't know uh but the, the, that's that's what i'm thinking and discussing to go back into that world and, and the main reason for that actually if i'm honest i hope no one from the bbc is listening is uh is because yeah i still feel i still feel uh a that I have some stuff, you know, to, I'd, I'd like to still have a voice, you know, and uh, I d definitely have things I'd like to share, not that they're going to come out in my programs, but to just to bring myself back into that space. I kind of don't get engaged in social media. I'm not very good at self, self, whatever the word is, promotion, but I'm happy to speak when invited. Um, and I do feel I have things mm -hmm. to say when people want to hear them. So, um, mm -hmm. so yeah, we'll see. So taking yourself away from, let's say, the, the, the chaos of the city, how is that when you go back? Do you find yourself that you're more sensitive? You have to really do it in small doses and be mindful? Or how, do, how does it feel? Going back to the city? Yeah, and, and just being in and amongst like, office buildings and 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 all sorts of like having spent so much time deep in 
deep in there. I can I can totally do it. I can totally do it. I'm like I'm all right in the city. I I can enjoy it. I mean I don't I don't want to live in the city again. But it's like I I there was a period of time when I was in a in a phase of rejection and a phase of kind of um, I wouldn't say hatred because I don't like that term. I don't feel that was true to me. But like dislike, like a feeling that I knew better and sometimes walking around think you're all going to die. <laughs> you know, it's like th th that kind of mentality looking at everyone in the city going, you've got no idea how fragile this place is. This, this is chaos, you know, um, as well as feeling my self closed down um, in, in my sort of empathic capacity to connect. It's like closing down so that, because it's all too chaotic. So all of that. Um, but then I kind of, moved away from that um and now i have much more joyful experience in those spaces I, I, th I think that a lot of the time my and i see this in sort of in my activism phase quite often my wanting to get angry and to shout at the system and stuff was actually mostly just me shouting at myself because i hadn't fully embodied those things that i was aware of but i wasn't actually fully embodying in my daily life and so what i later realized was that a lot of that angst and was just projection of my own shadow out at other and then when i realized it was my own shadow it's like oh actually i've got i'm i'm part of the problem here too it's not just you guys it's us and i'm really grateful for that shift in awareness for me because it brings about a very different type of um communication when you try and make change it's a dialogue rather than a shout because we ultimately have to get through this together and there's a chance that we won't but then but we're all part of that you know and so i'm yeah there's definitely institutions that are that aren't great and there's definitely people that aren't careful but but at the same time there's sort of like we have to bring the compassion into that and and the awareness that we're also you know i am part of the global one or two percent causing the biggest problems in the world you know it's like the rest of the world has very real reason to be angry at me and we're all very good at being the victim and pointing the finger and going you're the problem but it was not enough reflections like actually no it's also me it's like very much that especially living in a rich nation like ours that is raping the world still as as we are you know we hide it very well mm -hmm. but that's what we're doing yeah for sure yeah thanks for sharing um, what do you feel the the biggest thing we can do? <laughs> and it's I don't like asking these types of questions, but maybe just speaking from your own experience, like for example, not flying and being mindful of travel and and spending your money voting with your with your money. What are you what are you spending your money on? I think those things for me have been really impactful, just just on my own awareness. And yes, the the side of myself that would judge others, but then still t do those actions. Until I start to look at the things that I'm doing, I feel like somewhat it's really hard to do that when you just it's just you on your own. Like, do you have a community or friends that you check in with and and that reflect things back at you? Or you have these types of discussions around community? Because I'd love you to share a bit more about that and what what in certain um, communities that you've found that people would reflect things back to each other if if other thing if people were acting in a certain way that didn't really represent their values you know 
Yeah. Um, well, I definitely think that being in, in community with people is the first big step. I, you know, I'm not doing that right now. So that there's something that I recognize needs to happen, but it's not happening yet. I, I had a very close, very nearly moved into community with a really wonderful group of people here in Wales who live just up the road. And that didn't quite happen and for a whole bunch of reasons. We we had slight we didn't quite come together under a shared vision. And I think that's really vital. And in many ways, that's because um I was holding on to something that I wasn't necessarily willing to let go of, and and that was problematic. And so um so my response to that is that I'm gonna try and express these things a little bit more clearly. I'm writing a book, trying to write a book and so to get them out so that people so that people perhaps people can come together under that. Um but yeah, it, within that, there's lots of different types of communities. Some 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 people in the communal space don't like having a having an environment whereby we're all holding each other to account, um, mm -hmm. and and I get that. But I personally think that 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 that's really cool. I mean, I definitely could do with it. It's like weirdly, the the people that I've just been living with are all living much more humbly than me. I'm the one that needs to be held to account um more than anyone else actually um and and i recognize that and i invite that i want that but only held to account not by other individuals who who are saying that they they know better but by a, a code a a a a vision of a value system that we've all agreed to beforehand that's what i'm happy to be held account to not just to random people wanting to say what they want to say because that just leads to to conflict but if we've all agreed to a set of values um then i'm happy to sort of let go of everything into a space with a group of people and let go to that you know that's kind of what the dream was it's like let's trick create a tribe let's get let's let go of individualism come together as a group and with this very clear set of values that we've articulated as clearly as possible with a whole bunch of methodologies for how to deal with each other if we don't if we don't mm. step step up and so that done in the it most scares me. i think terrifying it scares it scares me yeah it really scares me it feels like that's what my heart wants but i'm so fearful that i'd i'd invest so much time and energy into something and of course, I bring bring myself back to the moment. It's all learning and 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 growth, and all a process and an experiment in a way. But I, there's a fear there that I guess I've I've been um, potentially doctrinated by media or films where these things happen, and then inevitably there's a rupture and and it just leads to kind of chaos. I don't know. Maybe that's it. But what would you? I mean, like, there's no way in in our chat now we can go through all of the ins and outs, but um, but there's most like ninety percent of intentional communities fail within the first five or ten years. It's like the, the, there's many, many, many people with great dreams, and 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 then the human stuff comes in, and that's the stuff that you've heard about and that the, mm. everyone likes to talk about, and the. Daily Mail will mention and da 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 da. But there are also some communities that are really that are, many generations in now and their success stories. And, and there's also a number of people who've done lots of research on what's working and what isn't working, et cetera, et cetera. So that space is something that I've dabbled with, well, not dabbled, I've dove in deep into that and then mixed that with my own understanding, having lived with tribal people. Many of these communities here have tried to 
um, base themselves on wisdom that's come from tribal people. And of course, so I'm carrying some of that too, but what I'm really carrying, which for me is my kind of unique selling point, not selling points, a terrible thing to say, but like my uh, <laughs> unique privilege, let's say, uh, is having lived with egalitarian societies and they're incredibly rare, but they are for me, the thing that I would like to emulate. Um, and not many people have spent time with them. So there's, so there's something about that that I'm really interested in bringing over. Um, so to mix all of the wisdom of how modern intentional communities have worked alongside the egalitarianism is the space that I'm really interested in. But it is, yeah, of course it's terrifying because it's, it's almost the opposite direction to everything that, that our society is doing right now. Um, and it's like a life, it's like a life decision. You know, it's getting married. It's like, okay, we jump in. Here we go. Mm. Um, and it needs to be really understood and articulated and held and all of these things, as well as amazing healing modalities and, and, and decision-making processes and all of the conflict resolution stuff that's out there mixed with uh, this understanding of equality, true equality, what true equality is, not just um, uh, what we think of as quality in our world. And so... All of these ingredients thrown in, I think that could be amazing, but uh, it's it's so big a leap that it's no surprise that um, right so far it's just talked about, and not not necessarily emulated. It's uh, yeah, it's it's really mm -hmm. curious. It's really curious, and I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe it'll just be a book. That, that will be a pamphlet for the whoever comes out of the ashes of the collapse. Uh, and, and that will be good enough. You know, that will be good enough. Um, but uh, better, how much nicer to turn the ship around before we get there? Yes, yes, for sure. What do you think the biggest trappings are in starting a community? And I actually got asked by a friend to ask you, like, what would you say is really worth considering when 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 starting a community? Well, for me, it's all about power. It's all it's all about power, and and so wherever we are in our own process with our own community, we see that as like you know, lots of people like living in a shared house, but there's a landlord, and so clearly the landlord has the power, and that's the problem. But like you take the landlord away and have everyone co-owning the place, suddenly you've got a whole different type of power, which will come in these other types of ways whether it's the person who was there first or the loudest person or the most charismatic person or, or the person who had the more money or the one who's bringing in the most goods from the, from their job or from the gardening or whatever it is, these are other ways that power can manifest. And when power manifests, um, if it's not dealt with wisely, then that's where the issues arise. And so power needs to be seen spoken to never allowed to coalesce never allowed to ossify always be in flow and everyone have an understanding of it and speak to it and all of this sort of stuff this is how the egalitarian tribes would do it um and so that's for me what's really interesting is to like you know we can all have a community with a guru or a benign dictator and they they hold the power and they do a really good job of making sure everyone's fine but when that person goes there's always a there's always uh, a power vacuum. And so it doesn't have legs. Um, whereas an egalitarian tribe where everyone is fully individual and yet a collective um, with it, everyone is absolutely has the same status as everyone else. And we're all working on a daily basis to make sure that that stays like that. 
as the egalitarian tribes do. That's for me really interesting. That's the place that I think is really where the work's needed. But um, and, and would be great to have an example to show the world. It's like here we are doing that. You know, I think that would just be the most amazing journey. But it's um, mm. but it's a hard one. It's a hard one because it because we you know we're so used to following and leading and thinking thinking that these things are natural. But actually, when you live with an egalitarian tribe, you realize no, no, no. They're, they they're happy to follow a leader if so the best hunter they're happy to follow that guy but if, if he ends up showing off that he's the best hunter or tries to get more food or anything like that the rest of the guys will just refuse to hunt with him and the women refuse to cook his food and they've just have they've got all these tools and methods to make sure that no one starts getting any bigger and if anyone's down they bring them up if anyone's up they bring them down but they've got all this all these uh, methodologies for doing that which are for me fascinating and um, and they're not conf- they're not about conflict. It's always about removing the power rather than challenging the power. So it's all of this stuff that's fascinating, which is what I'm trying to write about. Um, and so yeah. for me, that's okay. the thing. That's where that's mm-hmm. where communities very often um, are. You know, some are working in this space really, really beautifully, but it's it's where the real work is. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to lean into that, to 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 know that these energies play out within us all. Um, for whatever reason, like power does corrupt the mind, and it brings it, it brings it into this kind of individual again because our senses can deceive us, right? We are separate, um, and and you can see more than or want more than, and regardless of where that comes from, it can definitely play out. But then, like you said, the tools and techniques are needed and that comes from wisdom right but we're so diverse now everyone's got their own ideas of what success is of of how to spend your time how much to do what's enough what's not enough feels like we are so complex like we can't even like i look at the family structure and like a hundred years ago most families would have a lot in common you'd you'd get on and and you know it wouldn't be too much to it but now generations are moving so quickly that you know 20 years goes by and you've got two humans who are so different from each other it's like it, it feels it's getting so so much more complex um yeah, and how we bring that back down yeah yeah um well i think that i think that um it's possible that it won't you know that maybe the genie's out of the bottle and the individualized way of being is so um it's so ingrained that we we won't, we'll, won't ever be able to really put the collective before ourselves, but but there are a number of move that things happening globally that might render that um, up for grabs. You know, it's like you know we firstly we are for the first time learning about how our true ancestry is. You know, because most. You think the Enlightenment movement came about, which was a relatively larger movement, came about as a result of us basically hearing back from the Huron and the Cree and these various peoples out in the Americas. And that the we'd lost track so much of how um, other ways of living could be that this feedback that was coming from the New World, um, although the Jesuits and everyone who were out there were like, 
all fighting against it and they didn't really see it because they were stuck in it. But the the writings were coming back to the Europe and people going, oh, my God, these people have extraordinary value systems and all the rest of it. And that in many ways sparked this new way of thinking. So but but what they were encountering out there were were wonderful, wonderful, wise indigenous peoples, but they weren't egalitarian. They still had like warriors and battles and a whole, but you know, they still, they, the power was out of the box there too. Was what we are now touching on is actually the oldest way of being that didn't even make it to the Americas, that actually it's widely believed was how we existed as a species for 95% of our time on this planet. Um, as as modern humans and so that is our most resilient way of being and these tools and methodologies but most importantly the narrative the understanding that it's even possible and the stories like no 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 at the moment we live in a narrative of meritocracy it's like if elon musk wants to get rich because he deserves it it's good for him but it's like no 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 no. in these societies that's like that's that narrative doesn't wash this narrative is like true egalitarianism so once this wisdom really lands in the high street that will be a that will be a a new thing that has the possibility to inspire because it feels so real inside it's like oh yeah i'm so finely in tuned to status i walk into a room and we all figure out where we are it's like and i feel so hard done by because the the system's rigged that my state you know all of that stuff we know it we breathe it and yet we've accepted it because the narrative has allowed us to accept it. So with that shift, and then the shift that we also have, which is, of course, global problems coming our way with climate change and the capacity for us all to communicate for the first time ever and the capacity for us to trust using technology for the first time ever, like truly um, this window is opening of like proof of personhood and blockchain that once I know it's complex stuff and lots of people don't really like it because of the environmental stuff and but like once that stuff we're just beginning on that where the real trustworthiness of how we can actually create systems that aren't corruptible and we can all communicate with each other and maybe start then interfering with the voting start interfering with central government start interfering it's like we can actually start removing the power from the center making our own decisions as well as coming into the healing modalities as a result of stepping into responsibility. We all know what happens when people step into responsibility. They wake up, they grow, you know, and it will be messy because we're mostly messed up. And so we're going to make some terrible decisions, but better that than it's just central power, central authority, Mm -hmm. central power, which is just not doing it. So as this wisdom starts mixing with the tech and the reason for it to come about, if people can get the messages out, which is kind of part of what I'm trying to do, then there's real chance that we could start growing again and dis- and diffusing and stepping in and 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 taking on board this wisdom. It, you know, it's a long shot. It's a it's a it's a fanciful dream, really. But what a thing to strive for! Mm-hmm. Is that anarchy in its truest sense? I I prefer to call it egalitarianism. Because anarchy, mm. for me, if you think archy is a curious word, archy, like monarchy, one archy, like um, there's, yeah. the, you know, there's so many different, that word archy, like arch demon, arch devil, or that arc word, whether it, whatever it means, I it, 
probably closest to leader, I think. So, and so anarchy is without leader. So that's all that word really means mm. it, for me. Whereas egalitarian, so that's in a sense, it's like a, a society without something, the word an, whatever that thing is, this sort of like power leadership thing. Whereas egalitarianism for me is a bit more proactive. It is an anarchical yeah. system in that there is no leader, but it but it has something a bit more about it that requires for more than just the fact that there's no rules and we're all we're, and there's no leader. It's like the the egalitarian yeah. societies have definitely they don't have leaders, but they definitely have methodologies and practices and narratives that hold them together. So it's a form of anarchy, yes, but uh, but but. Mm. Like with so many things, those words they're they're not great. Yeah. <laughs> the I mean, yes, I call myself an anarchist, but if I try and try and stand on a podium and say anarchy is the way to the average person walking past, they yeah, might not be listening. Some ter- terrible, um, <laughs> unlawful person. Yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely words and language gets lost, and definitely I try to bring that back because I've listened to a lot of people talk about like the real pure sense of anarchy and when i went and visit greece um and watched like the underbelly of 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 a class system just diminish and what was happening there it was so fascinating to understand that these people were like self-governing and they had their own system and it i don't know if it worked or didn't but it was it was happening regardless and it's, it's, it's quite interesting just to just to yeah, understand well, after it the, and after um, the second world war greece was having this agrarian revolution whereby basically everything was becoming decentralized and it was and people were getting on with their lives in a relatively harmonious way without this sort of central government that was there before and and of course the brits being us or me at least uh were um could see that if this took off that was just the end of their central power. So they went in, you know, this is the after the, the Second World War ended. And and so everyone was in like this, sort of like getting back to normal phase, except that Greece was this like getting back to a normal that Brits didn't like because they weren't then going to be listening to, to us. So we went in, you know, and a lot, lot, lot of people know about that. We went in to reinstate central authority against that, um, against the, that sort of like relative peaceful, sort of like agrarian revolution so that's that's what it is you know it's like we 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 know we're up against powers that don't want to relinquish and so that's the other thing that i've learned from my time with some of these indigenous groups is like how to go about doing that type of revolution um that is that 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 could be successful um but yeah uh anarchy's a anarchy's a curious one i remember when i was living with the penan um and uh, Jerome Lewis, who's the uh, anthropologist I've learned so much from, and his wife, Ingrid Lewis, who, who are specialized in these um, these uh, egalitarian hunter-gatherer tribes. And, um, and then him saying to me that these types of societies were the most peaceful people on the planet. And me going, well, mate, come on. You know, you can't just say it. He goes, no, I'm like a professor at UCL. And this by the means by which we measure these types of societies these egalitarian anarchical societies come out as the most peaceful types of society on the planet and there it is we think anarchy equals 
bloodshed and murder and what have you. And yet there, there it is. The anarchists, the anarchical societies of egalitarianism are the most peaceful societies and uh, and approved by a wide margin and have shown to be so um, by all these studies. Uh, except that um, that doesn't mean that for us to just like throw, to, to, to just change overnight wouldn't be messy. It would. You know, we need to step into step into our responsibility and grow and heal at the same time. So all of that has to be synonymous. But just like Kant said before the French Revolution, it's like, you know, the um well, I'm terrible at quotes, but like along the lines of the 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 populace need to be given their freedom in order to to to, to grow into the wisdom of their freedom rather than expect to to only give it to them when they have stepped into that space. It's like you can't do it that way around. You've yeah. got to actually yeah. let them have the let them have their their power back in order for them to grow. And and that's that will be the biggest fight around this narrative if this ever sort of gets anywhere as far as a public debate is concerned. Is any time I talk to to friends of mine who are you know from from wealthy families or or um or peers of the realm or whatever, and I have this conversation that they're they they're like, thank you, Bruce. Sounds wonderful, amazing, amazing. But like you know, but the people, but they you know they haven't woken up yet. And I'm like, they haven't woken up yet because you haven't done a good job of allowing them to wake. It's like you've been in everyone's interest that everyone's sort of like you got your knee on their neck kind of thing, and so it's no surprise. And so that's going to be the debate is that at the moment we have representative democracy because we think that we need the experts to make the decisions. But actually, that's proven to be um, not working. It's not working for us. We can't make those decisions because everyone gets wrapped up in looking after themselves. And, and you know, central power just mm -hmm. is corrupted always. So we that's where, to me, the, the, the work can be done. But it has to come down to stories at the end of the day. What do we want? And not only nationally, well, but internationally. It's like we also have to recognize that we are incredibly privileged because we are also we've got our knee on the neck of half the rest of the world. So that has to equalize mm -hmm. that too. Yeah, for sure. I think it's history would would sh show us that collapse or what you keep referring to as like some hard times is is, is inevitable and in, in terms of a shift and change of what's to come when you're giving birth it's labor's not easy so it's like giving birth to a new idea or doing things differently it's gonna there's gonna be a lot of discomfort along the way so it's like and bracing for that but knowing that that's part of the growing pains mm -hmm. right i think that's the best possible outcome I mean, like th this is us talking about what would, what could happen in a really beautiful way. I mean, the the alternative to that is the other alternatives, which is the massive economic downturns or Russia and China coming together and all of these other things, which are also on. Let's not forget it. You know, they're out there too. You know, we have been in this world of power and competition and hierarchy for a long time, and just because we've been sitting pretty doesn't mean we will forever and like you know civilizations rise and fall and power bodies have a go at each other all the time and like we haven't lived through that but that is also in the story and so 
Mm. While we are the, the powerful, we it's so in our interest to go through this shift before we before the before we are basically not the powerful anymore because the, whoever takes over is not going to be they're going to be like rubbing their hands and go whoopee come on then let's go because that's that's mm. the phase that tends to be the case and so you got authoritarianism versus what, what we think of as democracy it's not but like you know this this world that we're in but like those two those two bodies of empire are are sort of like bristling up against each other and that's real that's happening and we all get very caught up in this other stuff but like it's you know it's uh the world is changing fast and the global warming is going to mean more droughts more migration vast swathes of the world are going to be uninhabitable the pressures that are going to start increasing You've just seen the 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 announcement about us not letting in boats, and it's like the, the, we're we're going to have to. There's so much darkness on the horizon if we don't figure out um, uh, uh, if we don't if we don't get these messages out. It's like it could be really really horrible. Mm. But there's one thing talking about it, and there's another thing bringing it back into the moment of into the day to day and the moment to moment. What does that look like? There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of talk. And it all these things are, are so relevant. And I think there is a, go back to my earlier, that I feel this, it's not a burden, but it's that somewhere close to the feeling. It's like some sort of, it's it, it's the generation, um, the new generation that are feeling this this anxiety. It's like, it's, 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 it's anxiety. It manifests an anxiety of like, what is the future and what does it look like? Because we know so much, but knowing a lot doesn't necessarily translate to doing a lot. Um, and there's lo there's loads of important conversations happening. But I personally try and bring it back down to the day. It's like, what am I building? What's my mission? How am I translating my health and well being to service to 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 people just generally day to day and and wider communities? How am I building community? How am I putting these messages out there? to try and allow individuals to see that they are such an intrinsic part of it all. And it's really does come down to the individual. Like, yes, we're not separate and the collective is the focus, but we can only do what we can do. We can choose to do things, to act in ways, to be kinder, to be, to be more loving to ourselves, to go on that journey of, of healing. And it really comes down to us as a, uh, as individuals to, to make those decisions. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. That's um, I mean, there, there's, there, as you keep saying, there is no separation. It's like, you know, we, it's very easy to point the finger, as I said earlier and go, well, I, I'm not the problem. It's all of those richer people over there. It's all of those corporations. It's the government. It's all the rest of it. But of course we are absolutely intrinsically linked to all of them. The corporations are wealthy because we buy their stuff. The government's there because we vote because they promised us have a slightly better life than the person, than the green party who, you know, whoever it's like, you know, no one's actually voting for party that's telling us that we've got to make some changes that are going to be difficult but everyone votes for the group that tells them that everything's going to be a bit better you know and so we're all part of this um and our actions on a daily basis where, where i what i purchase is is having a massive impact on on the whole world and and um 
And so these things are really overwhelming when we take them on board. And it's like you just the, the very understandable response is to throw your hands in the air and go, well, what can I do? What's one person? And that's something that we need to really work through because it's hard and, and we do feel disempowered. And that's why I quite like um, ideas of taking away power from the center and re-empowering people. Um, but also... I think that this, it is about coming together, you know, making difficult decisions on your own is is really treacherous, but making group this difficult decisions with a group of people can be really joyful. You know, it's like, it's once you've found your meaning and purpose, and if you find other people with the same type of meaning and purpose, then you can actually, it doesn't matter. You can go through all sorts of shit. It doesn't, who cares? It's like, it, you can make fun. It's just fun. It's all right. Because we got to shift away from trying to place our meaning in our own well-being and our own happiness it's actually place it in the well-being of something beyond us the future generations our kids anyone that uh get away from it just being about me is the first single big narrative shift we've got to make you know it's like it's forget it's not about us can't be about us if it's about us we're over it's got to be about the future generations and then once you take that on board then you doesn't matter you can walk through the snow and the mud and the rain and the sleep rough and what it's it's okay because you've got a mission you've got somewhere you're going and that's all right mm. it's better to do that with others it just makes it more fun mm -hmm. it's very hard on your own absolutely yeah it is and if you've got a why you can bear almost any how it's uh yeah. it's it's like the religious context to how we would have made it through such challenging struggle uh if you believe in in a bigger sense and that can that can simply be like spirit and the unknown kind of is that for me and i feel like that's like a new way of not a new way but um it's 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 i see it more often now it's like not necessarily a religion but it's 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 a it's a, a deeper sense of being and just being okay with the unknown and having a trust that not that it's happening for a reason because who knows but there is something greater than us that we're a part of and we don't need to know what it is, you know? So yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's close up brother. I'll respect your time. Um, I'd like to, what should we end on? Uh, your book, let's talk about your book and how <laughs> that you're giving birth to that. Oh, How's labor God. going? Yeah. I, I actually, if I'm honest, I haven't put pen to paper or, fingers on keyboard for over a month now so clearly not going as well as it should i i'm struggling i have to say i'm struggling i um i've got so much that i'd like to say i've got amazing narratives of like anecdotes and you know it's all there inside of me but i do struggle to get it on the page i'm definitely a better speaker than i am a um not that I'm an amazing speaker, but I, I'm definitely that's better, <laughs> better than than my writing. And um, but yet at the same time, I feel super compelled to to get it out. I, I think it's more than a film. I mean, it'd be good to be a book and a film, but like, um, it, what, what's the I, context of of is it all, all the things we've been talking about? Yeah, and 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 so much more. Yeah, that just that's the surface layer of all of the what are the tools and narratives what is the mess what is the way forwards what 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 is our true past how did we go through apex how did we go through that first revolution 
from apex alpha male apes to egalitarian societies what what do we learn from that and then why did we come out of that ten thousand years ago and what do we learn from that and then where are we now and what evolutionary shifts are we going to have to go through in order to to try and refine some form of um truly uh um resilient way of being going forwards bearing in mind all this wisdom that we're now learning um so all of that which has been my work for for years now um as well as all of the other stuff that is uh you know the healing modalities and the community living and how to bring up kids and all that stuff that i've learned from the other tribes um so all of that package i've never really put down you know um so that there's that uh and uh, and that excites me and there's definitely lots of it and i've done you know it, it's taken me this long for a lot of it to settle and to and then to test ideas with people and what have you know i couldn't have written this straight after having lived with all the tribes and gone down the amazon around the arctic i mean i got to see globalization i got to see climate change they're real but like the the thing that's been the longest work for me is then trying to find the solutions from my experiences and that's um mm. so that's what the book could be um but i'm also running out of cat you know i can't really afford to sit around and do it. i don't want to go and get uh i don't want to go and get um a publisher yet because they breathe down your neck in the way so i don't know who's we'll see maybe i've just got to go back to work yeah they're pushy you want to give it to them approach them when you've read when you, you've got it <laughs> Yeah, I've got a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah man, it's hard, man, because writing a book, you 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 almost have to. It's not just informing people; it's like you have to have a solution, or no one wants to one read it but publish it. Yeah, no, it's I definitely like, have that. I definitely have that. I've got a real pathway forwards that is very clear, and also like visions of extraordinary beauty and wonder that that's out the other side. You know, extraordinary stuff. You know, but it means a transition. But it's all there. Um, it's all there. I, I, I definitely can daydream all sorts of uh, with with a, with a literal route of how this could unfold. You know, could you give us a glimpse of that and what your what the vision is? I've touched. I've touched see? on it. I've touched on it. But um, yeah, like it, it, I think it's all based on what I've learned from the egalitarian societies and how they deal with power and how they know it corrupts and how they come together and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So. It's a big one, and um, and yet if it went when shared at its deeper level, I I've always come across positive response. It's like, oh yeah, I get that now. But it's so it's so out there that it hasn't even ever been contemplated by any sort of philosopher in history. It's like what that you know would would it require some like renunciation of of things, possessions, clothing, like. Because I remember no, I watching that, the Tawai film. Yeah, I think that I think that I look at it as a move forwards rather than a, anything else because that's more attractive and appealing. Um, but but it, it but it comes also with learning how to feel more deeply. When you feel more deeply, then these things come about anyway. But it's also, you know, the. Um, at the heart of it is the is the realization of how we went around this first revolution, which wasn't about challenging the 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 the, the power base using the same quality of power. It's like the women 
in the first ever revolution who said no to the alpha male to invite the other men to come in i've been through the ritual that they reenact that in the in the congo that's like mind-blowing earliest memory of humanity um what is it what is it that we can learn from what those amazing women did and why did they want to do it how did they go about achieving it and what were the tools and methods they did for basically dismantling patriarchy that's dismantling hierarchy an aggressive form of competition how do they do that and why what you know, why did they want to do it and how can we maybe emulate that once again because if you look at nearly every revolution that we've had in the last few hundred years or at least history they've all been ultimately replaced one type of power base with another and that we've never really never really figured it out whereas they did and so how do we do that and a lot of it was about the women actually a lot of it was about the wisdom of the women so that's all in it too you know but too much for here beautiful yeah just leave it at that nice mm. man appreciate you and thanks for yeah being open to the conversation and sharing your your wisdom and your experience it's powerful tangible and people are going to get a lot from it so i appreciate it thanks man lovely to meet you yeah thanks for the chat thank you brother thank you everyone hope you enjoyed the episode my online men's community is starting please click the link in the description if you want to find out more about that it's an online group where we get together three times a month to discuss and get more clear and direct on the things we want to bring into our lives enjoy the day i'm going to play you out with a song by nick mulvey called april